Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshot.net. Unsanitised, back to school and blended learning, the Q&A sessions, part three. Hello, this is Simon Lewis from Unshaw.net and this is the third part of my uh, Q&A session where I asked people uh, on Facebook and Twitter to ask me anything they liked about blended learning in the future and I got a huge amount of questions uh, which I thought I might have been able to answer quickly uh, but now I'm on to part three. Um, So rather than uh, wasting any more time with introductions and things like that, let's get on with it. Okay, we are starting off with a question from Maraid. Now, over the last uh, th- a couple of episodes, the first question has always stumped me. And uh, Maraid's question is very much following that line. Why will Allianz not cover the use of Zoom? Now, I'm absolutely not 100% sure that that's true, but it probably is if Maraid is asking it. Um, and it's a bit disappointing if it's true because there could be no reason now why Allianz would not cover the use of Zoom in a classroom. Now, for those of you who don't know what Allianz is or Zoom, uh, I better explain what they are. Allianz is the only insurance company um, in Ireland that insures schools. They have an absolute 100% monopoly on schools um, and uh, they have an interesting way of providing insurance for schools. Um, To give a little bit of background, um, they originally were called Church and General and um, more Church than General, I would suggest, because they were the insurance company responsible for insuring the business, uh, the the businesses, (laughs) insuring the buildings of uh, schools which were generally up until recently owned by the Catholic Church or the Church of Ireland. Um, over the last uh, couple of decades, uh, schools na- uh, some schools who are not under the patronage of the Catholic Church or the Church of Ireland um, have been built by the Department of Education. They have ensured that the Department of Education own them and that uh, the people that are in them are just tenants. Um, uh, this is in the case, let's say, of um, Gwaelskolana, who will be under the patron uh, the management of First and Petruna, and Educate Together, who will be under the management of Educate Together. However, they st- just to complicate things further, when uh, the Department of Education build a school for a Catholic um, school or a Church of Ireland school, they, ha- they for some reason, uh, gift it back to that church. So Alli- they still fall under Allianz's uh, insurance of those buildings. Now, Allianz being the only school insurers, um, also now insure uh, buildings uh, that are not um, owned by the Catholic Church. So what they've done, or the Church of Ireland, sorry. So what they've done is they have these group schemes um, where um, basically if you're in a, a church-owned building, uh, they have a, a price for them in a, in a, in a, in a, in a bracket there so depending on your diocese i suppose diocese and then if you're then they have a special one for miscellaneous let's say the the buildings that aren't owned by a a church body now i have tried uh for the last year or two to ask um um basically what does that actually mean in terms of uh, money um so do educate together schools and girls going to pay more insurance 
uh, cost than non uh, than denominational schools, and they've refused to answer that question. So effectively, sorry, that's me going off on a bit of a tangent. Um, I don't know the answer to the question, uh, but um, I suppose I, I one would have one's suspicions uh, on that. And um, so Allianz basically have decided during the distance learning that they would not ensure. Um, anyone who had a problem arising from the use of Zoom, uh, which is a video conferencing um, tool. And I can see why that was at the, the originally why that reason was because Zoom, um, as 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 wonderful as it was, and I, I, even despite how many people were using it, wasn't a hundred percent secure back in March. Um, in fact, uh, you may remember of a, a a concept called Zoom bombing, where people could, if they had the link to your Zoom meeting, no matter where they were in the world, could just hop in. And uh, basically, do what they wanted. And uh, there was, uh, I suppose, a famous story uh, or uh, a famous thing, uh, a situation in Ireland where a GAA were holding an AGM, and effectively, it was uh, hijacked uh, by a Zoom bomber who displayed porn on that site uh, on the on the Zoom meeting. Um, and yeah you know, that's not good. Um, apart from that, um, at uh, back in the earlier days, uh, when I say the earlier days, I'm talking March 2020, um, Zoom, when you signed up, uh, had a system where their, the data that you put in could be sold off to uh, agencies like Facebook and Google for advertising um, and all that kind of stuff. So I get it wasn't that secure. However, since May, I think May anyway, um, Zoom is now as if not more secure than most other platforms. And Allianz, I think, um, now I'm not saying they're being sneaky, uh, or maybe I am, I don't know whether they're being sneaky, very much in the same way as I don't know whether I'm paying more insurance for my school than, than a Catholic school because they won't answer. They have decided to keep um, the fact that if you're using Zoom, you may not be covered if something goes wrong. And I think the real reason is because everybody basically uses Zoom and very few people are using anything else and it gets them out of a hole so they don't have to pay out if something happens. Now, I would hope that this will change by the time we go into lockdown next. Zoom is perfectly secure. People use Zoom um, and I would, I would suggest uh, that whoever is in charge of um, Allianz uh, basically changes that because there's no reason to not have Zoom now. Um, and those of you who are benefiting from getting money from Allianz, uh, that is pretty much every representative body because Allianz pays uh, most representative bodies sponsorship money for certain things, is to insist that they do that. So I'm looking at um, organisations that would have Allianz on um, as people who advertise on them. So I'm looking at you, IPPN, INTO, CPSMA, etc. Uh, so you might uh, might consider that. Uh, so long-winded, six minutes to answer that question, uh, Mairead. So why will they not uh, cover Zoom? I don't know is the answer now. I, I would have understood back in March, but certainly not now. And I would suggest that that changes straight away. Um, Mairead has said, uh, not, a, not a question as such, uh, but more, uh, uh, um, I suppose, a statement. Child safety advice resume, etc. And when I think she says etc., I would assume she means video conferencing. Yeah, I, I think um, this is something that really came, uh, was a big, a big deal. So I'm getting really tough questions to start off with. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. Um, look, the thing about child safety um, is there's, there's, it, it. This is all about lowering risk. Um, like like anything to do with COVID-19. When you're in a classroom, you uh, you have 
an element of control over who comes in and out of your school, uh, but you don't have a guarantee of it either. So you you have situations as well when you're in a classroom where you might uh, put something on the interactive whiteboard and more or less you have control over what goes up on that screen, but sometimes something might go wrong. Um, You you never have 100% control over child safety. However, what you do have is um, the ability to know what to do if something goes wrong. So, for example, in your child protection policies or your AUP, you put in uh, uh, policies where things go wrong. You put in advice for parents and it's up to them to follow it. Uh, But you also have what will happen if that goes wrong. So, for example, one very sensible piece of advice I give around child safety is there's always a parent um, within earshot when a child is on a video conference call. Um, this I, 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 I'm not saying they should be on the screen the whole uh, at the time, but they should certainly be within earshot. Uh, that's important. And then what should happen if that parent isn't there and the ch- and something unsafe happens? Well, there needs to be some sort of standard um, consequence to that. Maybe it is that this child can no longer be um, involved in remote learning until something is put in place. Maybe it's a call to Tusla if it's very serious. Now, I'm, uh, for example, if you have a parent that for some reason, and I have no idea why a parent would do this, um, came onto a Zoom call and decided to do something totally inappropriate, well, that's Tusla. Like, they have just, what that parent has done is a child protection measure. And you'd have to be reacted to by calling Tusla and saying, I was in a Zoom call with um, my um, my class and a parent came on and did whatever. Um, and then something, something, may have to, something may have to happen. It's the same as if in real life, and again, this would be very difficult to happen uh, and probably more difficult for it to happen, is uh, if somebody decided to run in through the school entrance uh, and do something inappropriate by coming into a classroom. It would be the same thing. You need to get advice on it uh, from Tuesday. You can't stop doing online learning because of the possibility of it happening. But you put in, so you put your structures in place so that if something happens, and now remember, we've had five months of doing online learning and not once, did something like this happen? You'd be very, very unlucky for it to happen. But you definitely need to have things in place uh, for that. I'd also suggest just that's that's your extreme version. But let's say just normal child safety stuff. Don't record. Don't put up the na- um, recorded uh, Zoom meetings um, on YouTube for people who weren't able to make it because the children's names are going to be there, and therefore you're going to have people identifying children. You put in place the normal stuff. You don't tag photos of children on Facebook uh, in your school. So why would you basically put a label of your child um, on a Zoom call and put it publicly on on YouTube? That's that's not you know you need to, it's sensible stuff like that. Um, and, and, and some of this may, may be sensible and just, oh my gosh, I, I never thought of that. But it, they're, they're, they're obvious, but they're not obvious till you, till you say them. You need to have uh, situations where maybe a child, where you explain to children what's appropriate and what's not appropriate when you're talking about them. You need to explain to parents what's appropriate and not appropriate if you're on a video conference call. Um, you may need to say to, um, to, to, to children, maybe create a different background uh, if you're in a situation where some people might be passing you by. Um, find a quiet room where people aren't going to be uh, going by, let's say, in a dressing gown or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Things like that. So there are just a few few tips. I don't know 
um, there's probably more to this and I could talk for uh, I could possibly and again I'm on I'm, I'm speaking on the fly in these uh, uh, particular episodes so if I actually sat down to think of more uh, ideas um you know, I, I, I could do a full podcast nearly on that. So there we, there we are. Just, uh, I see someone uh, who answered this saying GDPR, make sure your GDPR is, uh, you're not falling foul of your GDPR. So basically make sure you, when you are doing a, a, a Zoom calls and things like that, that it's in your data protection policy. Where does that, that data go? Um, and where is it stored? So that's that question. Sarah asks, how to deal with Zoom fatigue and the lack of social interaction? Yeah, I mean it's a good question. How do you deal with it? I mean, I I am I am I haven't used Zoom in weeks, um, because I just don't want to. However, what's the alternative if we're all stuck at home again? It looks like we're probably it, it may be back to 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 Zoom fatigue, and we just just have to deal with it again. If we're on lockdown again, which looks like it's possibly going to happen, unfortunately, the only bit of social interaction we're going to be able to have is probably through Zoom again, and. Um, there isn't really a good answer to that question other than we just have to suck up suck up the fact that we're going to have to be learning through um, live interactions and non-live interactions. There isn't really a way of making it more exciting in much the same way as school can only be made as exciting as possible um, with, with imagination. Uh, so that's um, not a very good answer to your question, but I guess there is not much we can really do about it. Um, this question isn't really about blended learning from Katrina, but it's a question anyway. How do we teach junior infants, Ashter in particular? And this had loads of replies from other people who were saying, we don't teach Ashter, Ashter is a framework. I think Katrina knew that. Um, but um, it, it, in the case of, of, of COVID times, and now I'm moving away from um, from technology and blended learning. Uh, Astor isn't going to be able to be the same as it was because you don't have free choice. So Astor is probably just going to be station teaching at best. I can't see Astor working very well. Uh, just if you want to uh, listen into um, an interview I did with uh, an infant teacher uh, on another website I'm involved in, mash.ie, if you go to their YouTube channel or Facebook page, um, I spoke to uh, uh, someone who goes uh, the Playful Classroom, D uh, from the Playful Classroom, who talked about what her Astor classroom is going to look like and that might be able to answer uh, your question there. Uh, Katrina asks, clarity of capacity for all. Let's take on a sustainable, let's take on sustainable commitment for blended learning in particular who does what and when who can provide what support and when and what gets dropped to create that capacity uh, in some ways i i guess you've while you've asked lots of questions they are questions schools need to ask themselves and need to look at um in terms of what can you really really do and it goes really back to um the last question i think i answered uh, in the in the last part of this episode where I talked about we need to think about the role of teachers in an online capacity as different to what they are offline. So is there a case where we say, look, when we're on lockdown, we need to get rid of the idea of a set team and a, and a class teacher team, maybe even SNAs and being too, um, I suppose, being too... Uh, basically um, oh, I can't think of the word I'm looking for uh, strong I don't know strong is not the word um, the word is on my tongue but I can't think of what it is but but basically where you make sure that like people have to do their role whatever it is I think we need to blur those roles um, and kind of say look you know we have 48 adults working in our school 
what are we all going to do to help those children in whatever way? Well, you generally work as a, a, a as an SNA in, in in your school. What can we do with you that we're able? What can we? How can we work with you to be able to help in a different ways? Like, can we look after well being in a, in a different way? Of you know, do we have to be that? Cons- I think that is prescriptive. Was the word I was looking at? So we have to look at that model and see if we can actually blur those lines. So maybe that's a starting point, Katrina. I'm not sure. Uh, Paul Jean asked about the digital divide coping with the digital divide now the digital divide is funny because it means different things to different people when I started teaching uh, back in the olden days the digital divide were people who were able to use computers and people who weren't able to use computers and this is a very serious thing back 20 years ago there were, there, uh, whereas nowadays the digital divide means people who have access to broadband and people who don't have access to broadband basically or those who have access to an internet enabled device and those who do not have access to, uh, to an internet um, enabled device I think we need to plan for that now. Um, uh, basically, what we need there's a couple of things that are out of our control, but we need to campaign for, or not we need to campaign for, or you, uh, our representative body needs to campaign for. We really need the government um, to provide free 4G access to all people, so that basically uh, the private companies that uh, make money off um, mobile data need to uh, need to be paid off. Um, to ensure that everybody has free access to mobile data. That's, that, that ensures that everybody in the country has access to internet um, on a device. The next thing is to get people devices that don't have devices. And again, that happens now. We need to find the children in our schools that do not have technology for themselves. So if you're not, it's not about, what I'm not saying is every household has one device. Every child who's in school needs to have access to a device uh, their own device, which they use for learning, whether that's a phone, whether it's a tablet, whether it's a Chromebook, whether it's a laptop. And if they don't have any of those things, um, they need to be given one, um, whether that's by a school through a lending thing, where uh, they, uh, a lending scenario, or whether that's families who might be able to buy them themselves and maybe get a, uh, there, there could be some sort of a scheme where they get uh, incentivized for doing that by the government. I don't really know. Uh, and then for children who just don't have them at all, we need to be, a, a, and schools that don't have enough to give out, that the government need to supply um, devices for every pupil in the country. Then we don't have a digital divide, basically. Everyone has access to mobile data if they leave their house um, and walk up a lane or drive a car, uh, drive up the road or whatever it might be. There, 99.7% of the country has 4G at least. Um, now, if they don't, look, I don't know. I mean, that's that's an infrastructural thing. And again, that needs to be prioritised as well. Um, should the government start uh, making sure that everybody has um, the national broadband plan, ensures that every household has good um, um, internet access? Yes. But how's that going to happen before the next lockdown? I don't know. So that's that's kind of, uh, I suppose, a half answer to your question. But uh, hopefully it helps. Castletown uh, National School. What are people's realistic expectations from blended learning? It can't fully replace face to face. Absolutely correct. Um, I gave uh, my thoughts on what blended learning should look like in, in, in a previous section. Um, uh, and uh, I maybe if you look back on that, um, listen back to, I think I did it in episode one, part one of this of these Q&A. So I, I, I won't go on about it again, if that's okay. What's the role of SET? Should he or she provide work for people at stage two or three of the continuum? Avoid doubling up work. I answered that in the last section, actually, um, and uh, Kira. Uh, so maybe listen back to that. So uh, that's that. Um, are SET going to be stand-in subs at the last minute if a class teacher is out? I can see this happening. Um, if this is Maura. Uh, yeah, that's 
that is what's going to happen. We weren't given extra staff. If a teacher isn't in and you can't get a sub, set have to go in. Like, I mean, I, I think this needs to be said a lot. And I was listening to a, a, another podcast, uh, Reboot Republic, where um, the, the guys were talking to three um, educators and one of them was um, Kira Riley, who go, um, and she um, um, spoke about this um i i uh, as as well I've, I've spoken about this on a previous episode as well but I, I i think it's very good to hear these things in a different way and kira really is articulate very articulate about this um and it needs to get out there that the government have not provided for special education now you don't need me now to go on a big rant about the ncse and how terrible they are kira did it much more professionally than i would ever do um, and it's well worth listening to her comments on it. What needs to go out there is set teachers um, are going to be covering and standing in throughout the day, every day, um, for class teachers, whether that's covering their breaks, if they go and doing yard duty, because every teacher is going to have to do yard duty every day and they need a break. And set teachers are going to have to do that. Um, you can't leave a class unsupervised. Uh, if a teacher is out and we can't get a sub, the set teacher is going to have to go in there and, co- and cover it. The set teacher is going to be inv- is basically in, in a way. And, and this is not... Um, this is not. This is. This is. There's no reason for this other than the fact that the government have not provided extra staffing for this. Uh, basically, set teachers are not going to be able to provide the same service they did uh, before COVID nineteen. Um, they um, a, a lot of their time is going to be spent standing in for the class teacher. So basically, um, that needs to be highlighted by the relevant bodies. I am again looking at NABSME, for example. They are the uh, uh, organisation in charge of, uh, of special education uh, in boards of management. I haven't heard a whisper from them, not a whisper. And I'm quite cross at NABSME, to be honest with you, generally. I, I usually give my ire to uh, the NCSE who calls it, but NABSME are responsible for calling it out. And I'm not hearing them at the moment. Um, and and that's, that's not good enough. So basically, ultimately, yes is the answer. And the reason why is because your representative bodies aren't doing your job. And... Um, Rob uh, has said, how is it possible to provide this without discriminating against children who are without adequate broadband and or hardware? I've spoken about that a couple of, uh, a couple of minutes ago. Um, if they don't have it, they're going to need to be get, getting it. I mean, it's not possible is the, is, is the, is the answer. Uh, we saw this the last time. Um, so basically, what are we going to do about it? And Stephen follows up with, what about teachers without technology or uh, adequate broadband? And I also tackled that in a previous episode. Your teachers are going to just have to, are going to have to find, uh, are going to have to drive up the road new mobile data and maybe get reimbursed for using it. I don't know the answer to the question. Like, I mean, ultimately we have a mess that wasn't created by ourselves and effectively we're going to have to, we're going to have to make do with what we have. I don't think it though, what I will say is I don't think it's good enough for us to just say we can't do anything about it. Sorry. And not do anything. If you're a teacher these days, you're going to be you're going to have to drive up the road to find a four G reception. You're going to have to get broadband in your house if you can if you can and and, and don't for whatever reason. Um, and if you can't, you need as I said, you need to drive up the road, or you go, or you need to, or they need to allow uh, teachers going to school where there should be broadband there to do the to do their job. So that's uh, that. Um, Bernie, please can all the materials covered by the teachers uh, be made available and put online? We take our children's education seriously as this is a parent however our children will not be returning to their schools as a parent as a parent with a highly immune compromised yeah so basically if a child can't go to school for any reason can the materials be covered by the teachers go online you see this is this this is where and it's a good question it goes back to the thing about what can we expect from blended learning i don't think it's fair to expect uh, a class teacher to double job 
and um, I, I, it, it, you wouldn't expect yourself to do your job twice, um, you know, even in a crisis. Yes, we might have to work a little harder, certainly, and certainly do more hours than we'd normally do and certainly work in consistent hours than we were learning. But I don't think it's fair to just accept that you have to do your job twice. Here's your teaching uh, uh, in school and then go home and do more teaching. Don't think that's OK. I wouldn't be OK with that. Um, and as much as I feel for families in situations where they can't come to school, I don't think it's, a, it's, it's fair to, to, to basically make schools, uh, make teachers double job um, in order that, that the government should have solved this problem. This is, this is the problem that isn't new. I mean, what about children in hospitals? What about children who, 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 who weren't able to come to school, let's say with cystic fibrosis for, for weeks on end when, 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 when their condition was up or whatever? You know, these things should have been available for a long, long time and they haven't. And they, there's no reason why that can't start now. Um, and uh, I, I talked about this, as I said, in a pre, in, in a, a two, two parts ago, let's say. Um, how do teachers who are themselves parents of school going children by locate? Well, they can't. Um, Hugh um, is, is the honest answer. You can't by locate. I, I, I'm, I, when, once this happens, I will be quite pleased because uh, it's, it's very hard to juggle uh, all our lives with all this kind of stuff. So if you're a parent of a school going children and you need to by locate, you're not going to be able to do it. So there's going to have to be a rule. Whereas if you are a teacher um, and you, um, and you, you, and let's say it's blended learning, um, those children will always have to be in school or minded, you know, one or the other. So certain workers, I think, will have to be allowed. Uh, the, I, I don't think the solution of two and a half days in, two and a half days out actually works. Um, I think it is a system where, you know, parents uh, who are frontline workers or teachers or, um, you know, other particular jobs will be in school and those that aren't, aren't. Um, there does, I mean, that's a simplistic solution. There's more to it than that because it's not fair, again, to have uh, a situation where there are some children who really need to be in school and may not have parents who are frontline workers um, not coming to school either. It, it can't, I mean, that needs big discussions. Um, what infrastructure, uh, Sarah asks, uh, support would families get? Broadband equipment streaming. I think I've asked that as well and, and someone said, and teachers. Yeah, I mean, this is needed and is way, way, way over, overdue. Uh, parent question again. This is from A. McN, uh, spider emoji. Um, attendance. If lockdown occurs, I'll be facing school refusal for online Zoom learning. How does this work for with attendance policies? Yeah, great question. And... Um, the answer to that question is, I, I can't see the NEWB going after families who don't come to school this year. Um, I just don't see it happening. On paper, that's what's going to happen. In reality, I don't see it happening. I, I just see, I just, um, look, if you have a good reason not to send your child to school, I think that's good enough. Um, now, whether they're taught or not is another question. But these, these, these are questions that should easily, should have been answered ages ago and should still be answered. There's still time for them to be answered. Fergal asks, views on flipped learning. Well, you're very lucky. Blended learning and flipped learning are, to me, more or less are the same thing. Uh, flipped learning is when you do all your learning online and then you come into school to discuss it. I think that's the ideal model for a blended learning uh, situation when we have it. Um, uh, so, But I mean, I, I, you know, blended learning and flipped learning, I, I, I would see as interchangeable at primary level. And I think that's a really good, a really good question. When are teachers going to be supplied with a laptop to use uh, for distance learning? Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I've asked. I, I think we've answered that one. How is blended learning? How blended learning can be done in a small school multi-grade setting? Thanks. Same way as it's done in a big school setting. Um, you know, you've 
we you know I, I, I look this is me being maybe being a bit harsh um, when you have a multi-grade setting and you know and then you have a situation where you don't have a multi-grade setting you still have the same problems that you have just because children are all in the same class doesn't mean they're all at the same level and you don't cover like teach you know I'm not saying that you do this at all um the but I mean, when we're so reliant on a book or a scheme, this is where problems happen in multi-grade settings and in and in and also in in single stream or in, in normal, let's say, class classes. You need to tailor your your lessons to differentiate across the the learning needs of your class. You have a curriculum to guarantee. Yes, granted, you have a curriculum to cover, but the curriculum is actually pretty well designed uh, in fairness to it uh, to, to work with multi-grade settings so what we need to do really I suppose in a blended learning situation is let, let's let's try and get away from books and get into themes and expectations for those particular uh, lessons I mean I, I could do a whole uh, uh, session on this and I'm already coming to half an hour so I have to uh, uh, move on to things so I'm, I'm not like you, you probably won't be happy with the answer to that question and I'm, I'm, I'm I, I look I know I'm probably being harsh because I'm under pressure for time uh, in a way but I, I, I that's what I'd be suggesting forget the books um, and go with thematic planning um, Wolfpack is there going to be a standardized method of remote or blended learning no there isn't um, you can absolutely guarantee there should be but there isn't um, and uh, and I've, again I've talked about why how that could work Sarah asks um, sorry I'm just going to say here um, will parents be getting a curriculum guide for supporting parents with children who are learning from home? <laughs> You'd be lucky, um, is, the, is the answer to that question. Um, it should have been in place 20 years ago. I think I answered on Twitter to you. Uh, so yes, uh, you should have been given um, uh, those uh, kind of answers to those questions. Look, I'm going to stop um, at that point because actually I want to go back to that question. So I'm kind of stopping halfway through a question because Sarah, it's a really good question. And I'm coming up to half an hour and I still have a lot of questions. So I'm afraid I have failed to finish within three parts. Um, so I will have to move on to part four, which I will do um, in the next day or so. So thank you for listening and I will see you at part four. Bye bye.